Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Well, good morning, church. If you are new with us, I'd like to welcome you in the name of our Lord. I hope you have been experiencing amazing and spirit uplifting. Uh, time with us as we sang and prayed together. And if you haven't been joining our service for the last couple of weeks, uh, we are in the middle of our three-week, very short uh, sermon series that I entitled Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, how many of you really need of holding this God's promise that is embedded in his name? Can you raise your hand? My hand's up. So would you say that with me? Like you really mean it. I need his presence. Emmanuel, God with me. Last couple of weeks, um, we've been trying to find the way that we can experience God's presence in different seasons of our life. Two weeks ago, we talked about experiencing God in the valley. We talked about that. We may enjoy God on mountaintop, but we can really get to know him when we are in the valley. Deeply and intimately. We also learn the same goodness of God that we experience in Mountain Dove will be the, exactly the same, if not more. The goodness of God will, as we are walking in the valley. We also learn that the valley is not our final destination. We're making this journey through. We are as a pilgrimage of God. And our final destination is the new Jerusalem. And God is going to be with you, molding you and making you and shaping you into the new and different version. Maybe it's very painful as you're going through. But God has a purpose and plan in the valley as you are walking there. Last week, we talked about experiencing God's presence in the wilderness. The difference between the valley and wilderness experience is a time frame. When you are in the wilderness, it feels like it takes a lot, lot longer. It feels like it's almost forever. And a lot of you, if you are in the wilderness, you're getting tired of it, that you want to give up. Lord, I've tried everything that I could. I cannot take not even the further one step. I want to give up. We learn that when you are in the wilderness, God usually appeared to you not as a you know, massive and audible and visible being. No, God usually appeared to you in a gentle, soft whisper. We learned that why, while the Satan's trying to cry out to you and yelling at you, making a loud noise to tempt you and lie to you, our God doesn't have to do that. Why? Because he is right next to you, right beside you. All he has to do is make this one simple, soft, gentle whisper. That's why our God is making the gentle whisper. So I ask you to open your speech, your ears, to listen as you feel like you are walking in the wilderness. And then also a lot of time, if you are walking in the wilderness, our deepest needs, something that we want, um, you know, it can be turned into a gift when they make us or drive us to depend upon God. We'll learn that very important lesson. And today, I want to talk about experiencing God in the storm. How many of you feel like you are in the storm right now? Or at least you've experienced one storm in your life. Now, what are the characteristics of the storms? Comparing to the wilderness and the valley experience. The storms usually comes and goes very quickly, right? It comes 
a lot of times out of nowhere. And all of a sudden that you are in the middle of storm. Before you really realizing it. Why? Because, because this storms are comes and goes so fast. Even though the storms comes and goes so fast. The destruction or damage that is going to leave after. Is going to be massive. A lot of times. Storms in your life. You feel like this is not my fault. Something else caused this storm. Now, what is the worst storm that you can ever remember? Um, one of the worst storms that I can remember that happened in our nation uh, was, I believe, in 2005 when Hurricane, the storm Katrina, really swept over and destroyed the lots of the states of our nation. You know, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Mississippi. How many of you actually know the time span of the you know, Hurricane Katrina was only about a week? That was a landing and living in our nation. Only within a week. You know how many people died? Almost 2,000 people died. One storm lasting a week. And it left about $161 billion of damage all over the state. That's how massive the storm is. I believe we can apply that to our life. You know, when you feel like you are in the storm... And before you notice again, the storm comes to your life because it always comes quickly, comes quickly. And then lasts, perhaps not long, but that impact, that damage will be really destroying your life for the rest of your life. That's how massive, that's how powerful the storm is in your life. And, you know, we like to name those storms, right? We named after a female, I believe, nine, since 1956. And since 1970 or 78, now we start making the both male and female names. Um, you know, we start actually making those Katrinas or, you know, storms after the man and woman's name. That's really interesting, right? But in our life, when we are going through the storms, we like to name those storms, right? I have this marriage storm in my life, you know? I, I thought we were in good relationship. And all of a sudden, before you're even aware and noticing it, one in faithfulness and one in quick, uh, one in having an affair that really swept over your marriage relationship, destroyed it. And you don't know what to do right now. You are healthy. And then you keep your body really healthy for all your life. And all it takes is just one, one, one quick doctor's visit after your simple and regular checkup. And doctor says, I'm sorry. You are in fourth stage of cancer. That will really destroy and change your life completely upside down. You know, you've been faithful to this company for a whole lifetime. And because of the uh, CEOs and the, those head people's wrong decision and mistakes, they decide to downsize the company. And you happen to be the victim of it. What happened? And what do you usually do when you are in the middle of the storm? You feel like that's not my fault. And how in the world that I'm going to experience this storm and the, the, the impact of the storm, the destruction of the storm is so bad and so massive. How would you respond to the storm in your life? And unfortunately, a lot of people, when it comes to storm of your life, you know, we often blame God for a storm, right? Lord, I didn't cause it. 
It's not my fault. How in the world do you allow this to happen? Everything that you know that I've serving, I've been serving for your ministry all my life. I've been faithful to you all my life. How in the world do you allow this to happen? This marriage storm, financial storm, this job storm, this um, you know, relationship storm, my health storm. How in the world that you allow this to happen to my life? I want you to be understanding this. This is one very important lesson. As you feel like you are in the stuck, in the midst of this massive destructive storm. Don't ever let the presence of storm cause to doubt the presence of God. Amen? Don't ever, have, don't, don't, don't ever let this presence of storm doubt the presence of God. Because what we're going to learn, despite the size of storm, the size of our God is bigger. Amen? Despite how massive and how badly, how madly, how outrageous this storm is, our God is in charge of the storm. God is with us. God is beside us. God is always walking with us in the midst of the storm. That's why we should not be doubting of the presence of God if you are in the middle of the storm. Today, uh, I want to give you a very short story. The story that probably you haven't heard much about. The story of Apostle Paul with other sailing crews as they were experiencing massive, massive storm and how they are going to be survived because of Apostle Paul's faith. I hope we'll be able to learn how we can really experience God's presence to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be overcoming in this massive storms in our life. Today's passage is taken from the last part of book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. Um, it's actually the whole, whole chapter story, but I'm going to just read because of time from verse 20 through 25. Acts chapter 27, verses 20 through 25. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued to raising, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you'd have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Now I urge you to keep up your faith because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God, to whom I belong, to whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, I have a purpose and plan for you to later on the storm. So I will secure you and save you. And said, Do not be afraid. God has graciously given you the life of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. For this is the word of the Lord. Let me set, you, set the context quickly, because uh, not many of you have this full understanding about this last phase of Paul's life. Right now, this is the last season of Apostle Paul's life. Many of you assume the amount of work that Apostle Paul did, he should deserve all the blessings, all this prosperity, name and fame and power and all these possessions. But none of them are true, right? 
His last season and phase were in our human eyes, in our human perspective, was really bad and worse and miserable. But in the eyes of God, there were still amazing things happening. So the last season of Apostle Paul, he was facing trial after trial after trial. You know, he was facing on this trial by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders. After that, he was also facing a trial by a governor, and eventually um, by the king of the land of Judea. Now he's been waiting for his final trial that will be held on Rome, this highest or called the supreme cold in the Roman Empire. That's why he's been transformed. On his way to Rome, they experienced massive and destructive and severe storm. And this storm went on several days. These crew members, you know, they have some experiences. They've gone through some sort of these storms in their life as a lifetime sailors or crew members. They've done everything. They try to light up, you know, the, the ship, a boat. They try to use anchor to protect themselves from this outrageous and raging wave or storm. You know, they try to do anything. But this, this, this you know, storm lasts, feels like forever. Even though it was quick, it's several days. Verse 23 says this, right? Um, it, it, it lasts several days without sun and without stars. They try to do everything. Now they're terrified. They don't know what to do. They are giving up on their home. They're giving up all hope because storms continue to rage and they don't have anything else to do even though it was a very short period of time. Now, I'm sure that some people are complaining because I didn't cause this storm. It was not my fault. How in the world this happened, as I said at the beginning. You know, a lot of times of storm, you have this perplexion and you have this doubt. You have this, you know, you can't understand what is happening in your life. A lot of times, we blame to God. A lot of times, we just throw these questions and even questions to the Lord. How in the world that you do that? Where are you? And what are you doing? Are you really your name is Emmanuel? You're not with me right now. Look at what is happening right now. And whatever the case may be in your life, all different sorts of storms, in the middle of the storms, sometimes it's easy to give up our hope, right? Storm continued to raise, and we gave up all hope. But I encourage you, never, ever let the presence of hope cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never, ever let the presence of storm to cause you to give up on your life, doubting the presence of our God. And here's a reason why. In verse 22 and verse 23 says this. 22 says this. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Paul is saying, now I want you to have courage. I want you to have faithfulness. And here's the reason why. Verse 23, because the last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood beside me. Amen. The reason while this all experience, so knowledgeable about how to respond to this, you know, massive storm, these sailors and crew members, they are giving up their home. But this prisoner, whose name is Apostle Paul, 
who had very little experience about sailing, perhaps did not know how to respond to that massive and destructive storm, oh, he's rather calm. Really, he has this full of confidence. Why? And even actually encouraging those experienced sailors and crew members, how he was able to do that because he experienced the presence of God. Apostle Paul's case, the, the physical experience was there. Amen. The last night, an angel of God, whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me. Amen. Paul also put it this way to his spiritual successor, you know, Timothy, on the second Timothy chapter four, verses 16 through 17. He said this. Listen to this carefully. Everybody else deserted me. No one stood by me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Amen. Some of you, you need to really experience and and realize this. And what you are going through right now, the Lord has not left you. He is still with you at your side. Amen. And he is giving you strength. And also we can find it from the, another scripture. David put it this way from Psalm 16 and verse 8. He said this, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken because he is right beside me. Is right beside me. It's not about how massive your storm is. It is about who is beside you. See that? It's not about how massive and destructible the size of the storm is. It is all about who is besides you. Who is with you? When you realize that God is with you, it changes your perspective. It changes your per, in a, in a, it changes your perspective and it change your posture and change your mood and it builds your faith and it di- redirects your mindset it is all about who is with you it's not about the size of your storm can i get an amen you know my dog bb um he's been already with uh with me i think almost eight years because we got him immediately after i did my old nation council in 2013 you know, he's, he's right now my son, our son, Minas and myself. And he becomes family of us. He's a very timid dog. He's a very private dog. And we're still working hard to, you know, build up relationship between Grace and Bibi. Um, you know, even though Bibi is always kind of timid and introvert, and, you know, he's not kind of brave or, you know, in a sense, a crazy and courageous dog. But there is always one woman. Always one woman, one woman, he became so brave. He became so courageous. Like, are you the baby that I knew? There's always a moment that he churned his personality. And that's when I am with him. That's when I leash on him and taking him for a walk. Because he knew I am behind and he knew I am beside. He knew I'm protecting him. He knew I'm embracing him. He knew I'll do anything for him. That's why a lot of times we walk by, especially when we're living here in Somerville, there are a lot of people, a lot of dogs. And he was not afraid of actually going after, you know, big, big breed, like, you know, German Shepherd or the Pitbull. Didn't matter. Why? Because he knew that I am with him. His master is with him. 
And I believe there is a great lesson that we can learn. It's not about the size of the storm. It is about who is beside you. It is about who is next to you. It is about who is embracing you, who is backing you up. Our Lord Jesus Christ, our God, our Holy Spirit, all our children in God's name is Emmanuel. Our Emmanuel God is always with you. There's another great story that we can find in the gospel. Um, Another story of storm, you know, that is really sweeping over the boat. Um, We can find that from the gospel. Um, It's about Jesus Christ as a disciple. What's really interesting to me, though, unlike this Apostle Paul's story, Jesus Christ was there. He was just sleeping. He was asleep there underneath of the boat. But when the disciples experiencing this raising this massive waves and storm, and they're terrified. You know, and they did what we often do when we are going through a storm. Didn't matter. They forgot about the presence of God. They forgot about the presence of Jesus Christ and their Messiah, who is with them in the same boat. And they're terrified. They're panicked. They, they're just blaming to God, Lord, we're going to die. And I don't deserve this. This is not right. Lord, where are you? I, I, you know, I've done everything for you sacrificing my life, and where are you? Why are you letting this happening, you know, to really kill us in this midst of the storm? And then they ended up actually going down and find Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ had told them is this. Do not be afraid, you man of little faith. Do not be afraid. Meaning, Don't be afraid. I'm here with you. You've seen experienced power that I have performed when you guys are with me. Why are you afraid? I am with you. I was with you. I have been with you through this storm. You forgot about it because you are just focusing too much on the circumstances of the storm. See that? A lot of times we tend to forget about the presence of God when we put our focus too much on the size of the storm. That's about the, you know, the, the, the power of perspective or power of focus. I shared that with you before. If you use it, even two quarter, you know, as, as, as tiny as two quarter, if you put this two quarter into close your eyes, you can actually block whole size of sun. That is the power of focus. When you put your focus too much on your storm, your problem is going to be bigger and your God is going to be smaller. At that time, disciples was able to experience peace after Jesus Christ, you know, said, be still, after he calmed the waves and storms. But I don't think that is really the right, the true message that we need to learn from this story is this, the real peace, unlike the disciple experience, our real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. The real peace is found in the presence of, of our God. Amen. The real peace isn't found in a trouble-free word. In fact, this word is full of trouble. Even Jesus Christ said that. The real peace should be found not from the circumstances, not from the storms, but from the presence of our God. The real peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus because he is with us. He is right beside us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And look at what Paul says here in verse 23. 
I want you to see what Paul says here. He says, last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong, to whom I serve, stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. In other words, you cannot go down in this battle, Paul, because God has more battles for you to fight. I believe that some of you really need to hear this. You cannot go down in this battle and this storm. Why? Because God has more for you to do. He is not finished with you yet. God has more people for you to serve. God has more people to, for you to love. He got more opportunities for you to serve for the kingdom of God. The sheep may go down, but this storm will not take you down. Amen? In fact, God will use what you learn in your storm to prepare you to help others through their storms. I love this. There's a purpose in the storm. Even though that you are going through the storms, God allowed to have the storms in your life. Why? Not only that you can really experience the presence of God. Through his presence, you will be mended. You will be molded. You'll be trained into the different version of you. For what? To serve others. To love others. It could be you. You actually overcame from your marriage storm. And you know some other couples are going through a very difficult time. You can actually can, you can come to them and talk, tell them, you know what, I've been there. feel like we want to give up on this storm. But through the presence of God, through his power, through his loving and gentle touch, we were able to overcome this marriage storm. Let me help you. Let me help you all the ways that you guys can do that. I'm going to be with you the same way my Lord Jesus Christ was with us. You can be used after you experience and overcome your storm. There is a purpose in your storm. I pray and hope that you'll be able to find that purpose that is in your life. Apostle Paul says in verse 25, so keep up your courage, man. Keep up your faith latest and keep up your faith in God. For I have, for I have faith in God, said Whatever that he said, it is going to happen. Apostle Paul said, my faith is not what I see. Don't worry about it because my faith is in what God says. I think it's really important as we are going through the storms of our life, you have to be mindful. Our faith should not be what we can see, but our faith should be in what God says to us. This passage said that God says this will happen. Then Apostle Paul said, I will believe that is going to happen. God will make that happen. Because my faith is not on the storm. My faith is in the one who commands to seize the wind and waves. My faith is not in the ship. My faith is in the one who created material, those trees, and also made the people who build those boats. I have faith in my God. Then whatever he said will happen, I know that will come to pass. That's my God. My brothers and sisters, here's the bottom line. And I'll say this 
to end my sermon. You and I cannot control when storm blew up. When storm blows up, you and I cannot control how severe the storm is going to be. You and I cannot control how long the storm lasts. You cannot control what people say to you. You cannot control what people do to you. But you can control what you believe. And you can control where you put your faith. Amen? You can control what you believe that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can control where you put our faith that is also our Lord Jesus Christ. My faith is in the one who created the wind and the waves. My faith is in God. I have faith in God that whatever he says will come to pass. And Psalm 46 verses 1 through 3 says this. I use this from my Uh, During my pastoral prayer time, God is our shelter. In the middle of the storm, he is our hiding place. He is our safety. He is our strength. He is always ready to help in times of trouble. Amen, brothers and sisters. We believe our God, whose name is Emmanuel. We can tell there is a promise even from his name. So whatever the seasons of your life, either you feel like walking in the valley, you feel like you're walking in the wilderness, you feel like you're walking in the midst of the massive and destructible storm, do not be afraid. Don't give up. Have courage. Have hope. Always hold it up in you. Why? Because our God, whose name is Emmanuel, always, always guiding you, always beside you, always uplifting you, always use one of the worst possible time of your life to make you to be the great servant of our God, to use you to really love others, to share your experience to others, minister to others. There is always purpose in your storm. There is always purpose in your wilderness. There is always purpose in the valley. And it is to find out the presence of God, his name, Emmanuel, and how we are to serve according to his name. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, may your true name, Emmanuel, be upon all of us, so that regardless of our struggles, our storms, our wilderness, and our valleys, may we can conquer them, and may we experience victory, and to be also be helpful and ministering to those who are in the same circumstances. We pray all in our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior's name. Amen.